Welcome to the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your one and only source for in-depth intellectual conversations about the CW classic television program, The Vampire Diaries. My name is Claire, and I'm joined by my illustrious co-host, Beth. And we're very excited to bring you our first episode. So a little bit of background. Uh, Beth and I are good friends and former roommates. Unfortunately, I've had to suffer through this friendship with the knowledge that Beth has never seen The Vampire Diaries, which is just heinous. Can you explain yourself? You know what, Claire? I can't. I often have to make the decision on whether to watch um, the TV shows that I've already seen over and over and over again, like my current rewatching of Gilmore Girls. I just learned that um, when Lorelai was reading a book about fishing, that a fisherman is called an angler. So that's my tidbit of the day. (laughs) I need to keep watching shows over and over again, so I pick up on these useful pieces of information. That's going to come in handy someday, I think. I think so, too. It actually already came in handy because I've been going to a bar and restaurant in Wisconsin called Angler's Haven, and I had no idea what an angler was. I thought that was just the name. Imagine how stupid you would have looked going up and being like, are you obtuse or acute? (laughs) It would have been a damn shame. But now I'm here and I'm ready to branch into the wonderful world of the Vampire Diaries. So as you mentioned, I have never seen the show. So I am really looking forward to embarking on this journey with you. As well you should be. So my background with the show is a little more respectable. You know, I saw the commercials for it when it first came out because I watch a lot of CW as any true American would. And I thought, God damn, this looks like the dumbest piece of shit I've ever seen. What kind of Twilight rehash garbage pile is this? And how dumb do they think we are? But then I kept hearing it was really good, and I was like, what the fuck? That can't be true. But eventually enough people said so that, and this is going to tell you how long this show's been on the air, because this wasn't super weird at the time. I got the first season on, like, DVD from Netflix, the actual physical discs. Oh, wow. Claire, you're dating yourself. I know. (laughs) And I watched it, and I was like, oh, wait, this is awesome. And then, shh don't tell anybody I illegally downloaded the second season because it wasn't out yet and I needed to know what happened and the rest is history the show has had awesome times and some really crappy times but I have still been a faithful viewer well that makes me very excited to hear if it pushed you to break the law and illegally download the second for the first time in my life (laughs) yeah i don't i don't want to know where it'll take me but i'm ready to get on this ride um so as we mentioned my background with the show is very limited i do remember a few commercials from a couple years ago when people still ordered dvds off of netflix (laughs) Um, I do know that both of my sisters watched the show, and it comes with their um, recommendation as well as yours, and as some of my favorite people on the planet, um, I know it's got to be good. Damn straight. Damn straight. So then a little off-topic introduction to your two co-hosts. Hosts? (laughs) Co-hosts. We are both. (laughs) We are two humans, both hosting. One podcast. Yes. About the Vampire Diaries, in case you are just joining us now. (laughs) So Beth and I met, how many years ago was it? Oh, um... I want to say like six or seven. Six or seven. Yeah. Probably around the time the Vampire Diaries was premiering. Oh, we should look that up on It's kismet. But we were roommates because you had just had some major drama in your life oh my early 20s were full of drama um but yes uh my college boyfriend and I had broken up and I was looking for a place to live because we were foolishly living with one another as early 20 year olds um and I was so lucky to 
have a mutual friend with Claire who I moved in with and that's how we had the chance to meet. Um, We both lived in a wonderful house called fondly the Gypsy Hut um, located in Chicago, Illinois. Yes, it was really a, a wonderful place to spend your 20s really drunk and not realizing that your surroundings should be held to a certain standard. I agree. Um, what comes to mind first is the stench of the rug in the craft room, <laughs> aka dining room, um, where we often played beer pong and also the board game pit and would repeatedly knock our drinks on the carpet Mm -hmm. so it had a nice musty smell yeah I was a fan of the back porch which was multi-level and on the top level had a lot of our landlord's belongings that he had just abandoned there like an entire box of Ralph Lauren and Izod shirts that many people who lived in the house took with them when they left Sorry, Dave, you were a shitty landlord. He certainly was. <laughs> but I didn't know about the box of polo shirts. I, I wish mm. I had known about if that. Only. Because I could have used a wardrobe upgrade in those days. But <laughs> You were but, going for a Zach Morris sort of <laughs> style? Yeah, I could have if I had known about the boxes of shirts in the back porch. But... Aside from the stinky rug and the boxes of shirts, the Gypsy Hut was a great drunken place full of good friends um, where Claire and I first met. And I feel like we kind of immediately bonded. At least that's how I felt. Um, Claire is a is a fine lady um, and she's easy to talk to and relate to, as you'll see as we continue on this journey. I paid her to say that. That's besides the point. (laughs) And I immediately was like, well, Beth's going to hate me because she seems like a pretty normal person. But then she was super nice and fun and said hilarious things when she was drunk. Oh, yes. Um, I'm sure we'll bring those up as catchphrases at some point in our podcast. Yes. Um, but yeah, we, we, we lived together in a drunken stupor for a couple of years. Um, we actually worked together at the same big girl job for yeah. a few years. Um, So we've been on this journey together for a while now. And now here we are, two fully grown adults with, like, nice jobs, our own lovely homes, and we're watching a teen show about vampires and talking about it into the ether. Dreams do come true, kids. It's true. If you had told me I would be here today, I wouldn't have believed you then. But we've made it, and here we are. Thank God. So when we say that Beth has never seen the show, we really mean it. Uh, This first episode, we are going to talk about the pilot, but as of right now, Beth has not watched it. Uh, We're about to take a quick break to watch the episode, and then we're going to come right back when it's fresh in our brains and drop some really interesting, I'm sure, analysis. I'm not quite sure what to expect. I'm sure you are not either, but um, we're excited to see where it's headed. So I, I'm i not quite sure how to feel right now, except excited, maybe a little nervous to see what's coming my way. Um, but let's do the damn thing. Well, before we do, I'd like to ask, what is your prediction of what this episode in, in particular and what the show at large will be like? Okay. Um, That's a great question. So to preface this, I've purposefully not read or Googled anything about the Vampire Diaries because I want to come into this with a fresh mind. I personally hate spoilers and... Spoilers um, are bad. Please, if you're listening at home, don't send spoilers to Beth or I will come and hit you over the head with a very large frying pan. That sounds really scary. And I'll do something of similar justice. She'll puke in your face. <laughs> I will. I will. Don't tempt me. Okay, anyway, um what would be my expectation? So I think the first episode, I'm hoping that we get an introduction to the vampires. I'm hoping that some of them are in hiding and it's a secret. Um, I'm hoping that there will be a steamy relationship amongst two or more vampires. Whoa. You're already jumping to vampire polyamory? That's bold. Well, 
It is the CW, <laughs> and the year right now is 2017, so I don't know what was going on back in 2010, because as we mentioned, we were living in a drunken stupor, so I feel like that's not outside of the realm of possibilities. Um, I'm also interested to see if the whole sparkling thing is like hmm. a pop culture, I guess, a pop culture reference that lives past Twilight. Um only in our hearts. Okay. Sorry, spoilers. Spoilers, Claire. Oh, well, that's okay. We, we can only dream. <laughs> um, but yeah, and for the series as a whole, I'm not quite sure what to expect. I'm hoping that there will be werewolves at some point. I'm hoping that there will be deaths and also rebirths <laughs> of characters. <laughs> because they're vampires, right? So maybe they will find a person to make a vampire and then they will become part of the clan um i i also don't know that much about vampires if you can tell by my vampire terminology here so um it should be an exciting ride i'm not quite sure what to expect but those are my predictions so far all right i like it some of them are spot on some of them not so much but (laughs) Let's start our journey, and we'll be back with you folks in a moment. The world is a vampire. All right, we are back. We just finished watching the episode. Big moment in Beth's life. We have propped the proverbial VD cherry. Yes, and by VD, we mean Vampire Diaries. I was talking about your chlamydia, but okay. Okay, well, we're just bringing it all out there right on the first episode. I thought Mm -hmm. we would leave something to the imagination, give something to our viewers, our long-term listeners later on. (laughs) Yes, excuse me. Which is chlamydia. (laughs) Anyway, so we watched the episode. We ate a bunch of pizza. We drank some more whiskey because it's been a rough week for some of us. My fiance broke his collarbone. Work was shit. I'm on a diet. I'm broke because I'm saving for my wedding. But you know what? This podcast isn't about me. It's about the good people and vampires and other creatures that we don't know anything about yet of Mystic Falls, Virginia. Yes, that is the setting of the show. uh, The very realistically named Mystic Falls, Virginia. Yes. I didn't know that vampires existed out of um, damp, wet, cool areas. So I, I wasn't expecting Virginia to be a vampire enclave. Yeah, it's not quite Forks, Washington. It's not Forks, Washington. And I will apologize to you and our listeners that most of my vampire references go back to Twilight. It's okay. I forgive you for not having watched Buffy. I know. Maybe that should be our next podcast. (laughs) One of many. One of many. So before we get too into our thoughts and feelings about the episode, I want to make sure this podcast is accessible to people who might not necessarily be watching along with us. So we're going to do a little recap of what happened this week. So, you know, this was the first episode of the entire series, so we had to meet a lot of characters and try to remember their names and what their deals were and a bunch of stuff happened Uh, there were some vampires eating some people Uh, so the first thing that happens in the episode is a lovely young couple is driving down the street talking about how much they love each other and then it gets real foggy and a vampire eats them would that be an accurate summary I would say so. Um, And the fog, not quite realistic the way that it rolls in, um, but it's spooky. It brought me back to some childhood Halloween parties. Yes. Dry ice. Dry ice. Fog machine. Not quite fog machine. More dry ice. But yeah, the lovely young couple was driving and um, something hit their windshield. It might have been a person. Dare I say a vampire? Mm. Are vampires people? That's a deep question. Oh, I don't think we could get to that until season two of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I personally, watching this tonight for 
what was probably the fourth or fifth time I've seen this episode, uh, was struck by how similar it is to the opening scene of the first episode of True Blood, which also features a lovely young couple encountering some vampires in a very horror movie-esque setup. But I'd say they executed it better than the True Blood one, because it wasn't True Blood. <laughs> okay. Well, there's another vampire show I haven't watched, so maybe that'll be our next um, our <laughs> next season. But I appreciate you placing this in the, the vampire vernacular. <laughs> Anytime. Thank you. So after our little introduction to the fact that vampires are a thing and they definitely don't just sit around sparkling and dreaming about Kristen Stewart, uh, we then get to the real story, which is as much about Elena, who is not a vampire, as it is about the actual vampire slash vampires. And I know you were a little baffled that she was the one writing the diary. Yes, so... um... From the show's title, The Vampire Diaries, I was expecting the show to solely be about vampire diaries. But when we meet Elena, she's actually writing an entry in her diary after going through what we find out is some tumultuous times. Um, Might be jumping ahead just a little bit, but the frame of the show is Elena's um, struggle with the death of her parents after a car accident. And and we see her throughout the episode um, coming to terms with her emotions about that. Yeah. And I think her first diary entry is all about how she wants to act normal and make everybody stop worrying about her. But then she goes to school and immediately people are all up in her junk like, oh, Elena, your parents died. Do you remember? That sucked. I'm a nice person. I know. I, I found that pretty intense for somebody who had just gone through such a thing. Um, because I think one of the first scenes in the show, we find um, Elena's friend picking her up for school. Um, her friend may be a psychic. I did get that vibe throughout the show. Because she um, said, I'm a psychic a bunch of times. <laughs> she did say, I'm a psychic repeatedly. And later in the episode, as we'll discuss, um, I don't know, shit got real. But in the opening part of the show, when they're on their way to school, um, they're in the car. Do you know her name? I'm forgetting her name. Can you guess? It's Bonnie. 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 Okay. So Bonnie's driving to school, and all of a sudden, when she says, I'm a psychic, then they hit a crow (gasps) out of nowhere. And it's scary because Bonnie's spinning out of control, which is reminiscent of the opening scene when um, Darren and Brooke hit what is presumably... their names you remember. (laughs) Vampire. Hey, I thought it would be important. Um... But what Bonnie tells Elena is that, oh wait, no, Elena tells Bonnie that she can't be afraid of cars forever, mm. um, foreshadowing Too real. the information that we find out about her and her parents. Wah, wah, it was wah. real. So yeah, Bonnie and Elena get to school and immediately they're like, oh, who's this babe in a leather jacket over a hoodie? He has a hot back. <laughs> Yes, and Claire pointed out that this was definitely before the song Sexy Back came out, or else they would have said he had a sexy back, but instead they said he had a hot back. Do you think perhaps that scene was the inspiration for Sexy Back? Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. That was quite a sexy back. How (laughs) could you beat the combo of um, a hoodie and a leather jacket? You couldn't. It's not possible. It's not possible. But Elena doesn't get to meet this hot-backed stranger right away because she spots her little brother Jeremy going into the men's room and somehow knows that he's stoned off his gourd, even though it's like 7 in the morning. Yes, and we do see Jeremy putting eye drops in his eyes in the men's room, which we know... That's an advanced technique, so he's been doing this for a while. Yeah. But Elena's not having any of it. She's like, listen up, bitch. You are a bitch, and you're not going to do this. 
I'm gonna harsh your buzz every damn time. She does say that, and you know, do you remember what he says back to her? He says, chill yourself. Chill yourself, which is one of my favorite lines of the episode. Um, and she says something along the lines of, I don't understand your stoner lingo, which I really appreciated. I mean, it is known universally that chill yourself is common stoner terminology. Yes. Indeed. So there's a little bit of a sibling, you know, problem where Jeremy's decided to be very emo about the whole dead parent situation, but Elena wants to be, you know, more upbeat, trying to get back to normal. So they're clashing a little bit. Yeah, it is, um, now that I think about it in a little bit more of a deep fashion, um, the two different ways... One, two of the different ways people the only can deal, two ways <laughs> can deal with the death of a parent or parents getting and, stoned or ogling strangers yes the two options but when you're faced with a hot back what other choice do you have true very true so then elena and stefan have a meet cute when elena emerges from the men's room and stefan's like oh cool she's down for public bjs i'm in love he did give her that look. And this is the first time we see Stefan, right? Is it Stefan or Stefan? I cannot remember. <laughs> it's I'm, Stefan. I'm pretty sure it's Stefan. Okay. <laughs> Stefan is the Saturday Night Live character from yes. Weekend Update. And also Steve Urkel's supermodel alter ego. That's true. And Stefan is our handsome vampire. Um also our poor man's Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> also known to many as Donnie from that one episode of The O.C. where a kid from the wrong side of the tracks shoots Luke by accident at a party. Oh, no. That was him? Yeah. Oh, I need to go back and watch that. Wow. <laughs> the things you learn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they meet each other for the first time outside of the bathroom. And was there a vibe? There was a vibe. There was a vibe. I would say it was even palpable. I would say it was palpable. And so there's like some awkward talking and some eyes being made at Flirting. One there was some flirting, said with air quotes. Um, now, is this the point, I'm trying to remember, where Elena decides that she needs to text about <laughs> who she has just seen? Uh, yes, well, she then uh, excuses herself from the awkward conversation and goes to class. And everybody who we have met so far is in the same history class because this is television. So Elena's ex-boyfriend, who we've seen a little bit of, um, Matt, who is basically just like a sad-looking mouth breather in a Letterman jacket, uh, he's in the classroom looking really sad. And Elena's openly ogling and eye-fucking some random guy right in front of him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he deserved it, but it was also very blatant. It was it was very classy. It was. But you were very entertained by the text that she sent to Bonnie. I was. So, she... Elena pulls out a cell phone. Um, and this is the year 2007, it seems, then. Is that correct? Uh, thereabouts. Yeah. So yeah. the phones aren't the iPhones that we all know and love today. So she's typing out on her keypad, there's a hottie. And by hottie, I mean H-A-W-T dash uppercase E. Now, is that easier to type than hottie? I don't think so, but I do appreciate the term hottie. And I'm going to start using it more. It's a lot of commitment to a very strange way of saying hottie that I don't think I've ever seen before. Like, you'd have to navigate, like, your capitalization function. You'd have to go to the symbol screen to get the dash, and then back to letters, and uppercase it again. Like, she really took some time to she compose did. this message. But if you saw Stefan, <laughs> wouldn't you dedicate the same work to describe how hot he is i mean only the best for the best i know so after class i guess school ends right well they probably had more classes but oh. we didn't have to sit through them <laughs> hashtag blessed 
After that, Elena is like, well, peace out, motherfuckers. I'm going to go to the cemetery to write in my diary like a normal teen. And this is, you know, she's sitting near her parents' grave. So there's that excuse. But also it's just a really good uh, way to get this creepy moment where she's writing in her diary about how it was a hard day and she's still not over her parents, blah, blah, blah. But then this fucking crow lands on a gravestone and starts creeping on her. And then the, the dry ice starts fogging up the joint and she tries to shoo the crow. But it's like, nah, I'm here. No, it wasn't going anywhere. So it seemed like it flew away for one second and then she turned around and it was all. Ah! <laughs> that is exactly what it was like. It really was, and that crow was a bastard, if I may say so myself. I would agree with that assessment. Yeah. It was no Jon Snow. It it was it was not Jon Snow. It was not. And now But wait, but Jon Snow <laughs> is a bastard. Oh, shit. <laughs> anyway, this is not Game of Thrones diaries. It isn't, but it does fall within the idea that all television shows take place in the same universe. Yeah. So We've come full circle, at least there. Yes. Okay, anyway, back to the crow. Yeah, and the she gets really freaked out and starts running away because I guess she's seen horror movies or read some Edgar Allan Poe, at least. Oh, yeah, this is where she starts saying, Hitchcock, right? This is about Hitchcock. Yeah. Oh, well, who does she run into? Other than Stefan. Stefan, a.k.a. Stefan, a.k.a. the poor man's Liam Hemsworth. (laughs) Were you going to say Liam Neeson? (laughs) I don't know what I was going to say. You know, the drinks are going down smooth. I'm overwhelmed with the possibility of what will come of this beautiful show. So anyway, she does run into Liam Hemsworth. Um, when she's fleeing the crow and the creepy fog and the graveyard. And does she ask, were you following me? Yeah. She does. And you would think that he was following her because why the fuck was he in the graveyard just waiting for her to run away from the creepy fog? But then he's like, excuse me, bitch. I'm visiting my dead family just like you. So step off. And then she knows that there's something between them because he also has dead family, just like she has dead family. And now they have um, an item on which to build their relationship. Mm -hmm. What better way to bond, really? There is no better way. Um, This also was the point um, where one of my other favorite lines of the show took place, where Elena um, is explaining away her nervousness i guess and her rambling about hitchcock which i guess she's referring to as the bird is the movie the birds because the crow was there but it was also only one crow yeah or like, am i wrong am I chill yourself elena else? it's just one crow <laughs> i know yeah she she really overreacted there um but anyway she does say sorry the fog makes me foggy <laughs> she did wordplay wordplay there we go um now, is this the point where Elena um, sees Stefan's family ring? It is. She's like, ooh, that's quite a gaudy ring. <laughs> it is a gaudy ring. Like, let's it's just like, all be real. It's the size of, I would say, a fun-sized Milky Way bar. <laughs> yes. He wears it right on his middle finger, and it's ugly as shit. It is ugly as shit. And you would might remember that in the opening scene, when our friends Deborah and <laughs> Carlton, whatever their names were, uh, got murdered. You mean Darren and Brooke? Yes, them. Uh, the individual responsible was seen to be wearing a gaudy ring. So wow. there's some intrigue. Yeah, and we're like. Why the fuck are these gaudy rings in our lives? What did we do to deserve this? Why is this quote-unquote teenager wearing this ring? There are stores besides Forever 21, Stefan. Like Hot Topic, where you probably purchased this (laughs) ring. So yes, the ring, uh, they talk about Hitchcock, and then suddenly Stefan is like, hang on a second, did you hurt yourself? 
Because, listen, he smelled that blood on her leg. Oh, yeah. Did we mention that when she was fleeing the creepy fog and all of the birds, a.k.a. a single creepy crow, that she tumbled down a graveyard? So, yeah, yeah, I I don't know if I mentioned that before. But, yeah, he was like, wait, are you okay? And then she lifts up her pant leg to reveal this giant-ass scrape as if... If you tumble down a graveyard, you wouldn't notice if you had an opened gash on your leg. And also, how is there no hole in her pants? Or no blood specking through. But yeah, it was a real bloody situation. And Stefan's face got all spooky because he's a vampire. Spoiler alert. And she is like, oh, yeah, no big deal. I didn't notice this giant gaping wound on my leg, but it's fine. But she turns around and Stefan is gone. What could it mean? We're left wondering. It's a cliffhanger. It is a cliffhanger. But we don't hang on the cliff for long because that night she's going out with, uh, or she's going to go hang out with her friends at the Mystic Grill. Oh, yes, the Mystic yes. Grill. And just as she's opening the door to leave her house, she sees Stefan on the other side. And that's not creepy at all. He's just, like, waiting there. Yeah, he was all, oh, I was about to ring the doorbell. Um, sure. Excuse me, you were just standing there like a creep for God knows how long. It could have been hours. You know how those vampires are. Yeah, he was probably, like, up in a tree. Yep. Yeah. Because he's all immortal, he's like, I have no concept of time. I'll stand here for two hours until she decides to open the door. I'll try to remember the 80s. <laughs> but she finds it charming, and she's like, let's go hang out with my friends together. So they all have a group hang. It's uh, Elena and Stefan, Bonnie and Caroline, who we haven't talked about Caroline yet. Oh, we haven't yet. talked about Caroline yet. So... Is now a good time to talk about Caroline? Sure. So we first meet Caroline in the opening scene at the school. Um, and she comes up to Elena and is all like, oh, I'm so sorry about your dead parents. How are you? Right? Kind yeah. of deal. Very like aggressively. She is very aggressive. And I turned to Claire in that moment and I said, she's my nemesis. Mm-hmm. So that should give you some idea of the kind of person that we're dealing with here. Yeah. So, yes, Caroline is there. Um, Matt and his friend Tyler are there. Matt's sister Vicky is a waitress there. And oh, Vicky yes. has a sort of drug-related friendship with Jeremy. And Jeremy is making eyes at her. And Jeremy constantly. is Elena's younger brother. Yes, the okay. stoner who wants her to chill herself. Oh, yes, the chill-yourself stoner. <laughs> Yes, so they're all there, all our friends, and clearly Stefan and Elena want to do it, like, right there on the table, and that's awkward for most of the people for various reasons. Yes. For Caroline, because she wants to ride Stefan like a bicycle. Uh, That is the most accurate description (laughs) of her feelings I have ever heard. For uh, Matt, because Elena is his ex and he's still hung up on her. Tyler's feeling awkward because Jeremy is following around his girlfriend, Vicky. Matt's also feeling awkward because his best friend is fucking his sister. Yes. Uh, It's really just a soap opera at the Mystic Grill. It is a soap opera, and thanks for laying it out so clearly for me. (laughs) That's a good refresher session on what happened at the Mystic Grill. Yeah. Um. At some point... Stefan and Elena leave, and it's just Bonnie and Caroline. And Caroline is like, why don't they ever like me? Oh, wait, no, that's later. I think that is later. That's after after the murder party. After the murder party. Okay, so we're getting ahead of ourselves. what does happen at the Mystic Grill, I believe, is that um, Vicky is speaking with Jeremy. Mm -hmm. And you find out that they had some sort of a summer fling. And... um, from the conversation, we hear that they had sex <gasps> over the summer. Um, and Vicky tells Jeremy, you know, things are more serious with Tyler. Is that his name? Yeah. You know, our thing was just a summer fling. You're like a puppy. Stop following me around. And one of my other favorite mm. lines of the episode, um, Jeremy says, well, when's the last time you had sex with a puppy? 
Mic drop. Mic drop. Bravo. I mean, we could really end the series here after that, because I, I don't see it going up from that, but I guess we'll be surprised in future episodes. But she never answers the question. She doesn't. When was the last time? It could have been yesterday, for it all could we have. know. It could have. Um, but I think that that's all that happens at the Mystic Grill. Looks like a hop in place. Maybe somewhere I would like to go and hang out at some point if I wanted to hang out with a bunch of 16-year-olds that might be 30-year-old actors. But yeah. there you go. It's the place to be. But I think that scene mainly exists so they can talk about the party that's happening the next day at the falls, which I'm assuming is where Mystic Falls gets its name from. So that is your typical teenagers hanging out in nature around a fire and drinking beer that I personally have never experienced in my life. I don't know if it's a real thing or just something that movies seem to insist children do. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I I think that I've had some vague memories of drinking in the woods, but it's never an organized, fun, or nice thing. It's usually cold. Mm -hmm. Um, It's usually like four people and not 40 or 100 because also cops. Right. Um, But this had like a nice pavilion and like twinkly lights and a nice fire pit. So yeah, I don't know how these teenagers these days get away with it, but they do. Well, these ones didn't get away with it because after being sexually assaulted by her boyfriend Tyler in the woods and having her honor defended by Jeremy, to whom she basically says, fuck off, he was just drunk, I love him, uh, Vicky wanders off on her own and is attacked by a vampire. It's very dramatic. It is very dramatic. And did you know how I knew shit was about to go down? That creepy-ass fog comes rolling in. Did the crow come back? Probably. Who could tell? Who could tell? In the, the dark forest. The creepy fog was definitely there. You'd think that if you wanted to sneak up on somebody, you wouldn't start, like, trying to dress the set <laughs> like somebody's about to be murdered. Right? You wouldn't, like, send in your creepy fog, like, announcing it's your like, presence. warning, something fucked up is about to happen, kids. Better run. I know. It's just not forward thinking. You know, I know vampires have been alive for a long time and they have an old fashioned way of doing things, but they should let's have refined their craft by now. Right. I agree. But I guess before that happens, they're having a pretty good time. You know, Stefan and Elena are flirting. Uh, Matt is, you know, having words with Elena about how he still believes they're meant to be. And she's like, huh, whatever. Yeah, his speech was ridiculous. I forget exactly what he said, but it was so... I still believe in us, Elena. And I'm not going to give up. So oh. you do remember. That. I guess I do. Oh. Uh, and then I think one of your favorite parts of the episode, uh, Caroline keeps on popping up whenever Stefan's there to like throw herself at him, basically. But then he really just lays down the law. Yeah, he shuts her down. What is he? Sa- I forget exactly it's what like he says. Like you and me, but... it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's what it is. Just like straight up. And Caroline does not take it well. She's not the kind of girl who could deal with getting put down by a sexy thirty-year-old vampire high school student who's mm. probably three hundred years old. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough world out there, ladies. But luckily, she's distracted for like five minutes by the Vicky murder thing. Uh, Jeremy and Elena find her body in the woods, and that pretty much hurts everybody's buzz. Uh, some of them go to Mystic Grill to wait for news because Vicky is still alive. Don't worry. I know you were very worried. Very worried. Yeah, and this is where Caroline has her moment with Bonnie, where she's like, the boys never like me. They always like Elena. She doesn't even try, and I try so hard. Why don't they ever want me? Wah, wah, wah. She's feeling sorry for herself, and Bonnie is just like, girl, it's not a contest. And what does Caroline say back? I don't remember. (laughs) She says it is a contest, which, (sighs) you know, it, it doesn't... It doesn't give me good hopes about how Caroline ends up if she thinks that her and Elena are, are on opposite sides. Yeah, not great friendship foundations there. No. But it's revealed when Bonnie uh, leaves Caroline alone at the table that somebody has overheard this conversation. Oh. And this is a character that we meet 
back at the Salvatore Manor, where Stefan is living with his quote-unquote Uncle Zach. Oh, yes, the Uncle Zach, who is actually not his uncle, but his nephew, because when Uncle Zach is speaking with Stefan, he calls him Uncle Stefan, and we don't see that coming because Uncle Zach looks older than Stefan, but because we know that Stefan is a vampire, he most likely doesn't age, so that really threw me for a loop. You know, they could both be each other's uncles. It is Virginia. <laughs> this is true. We have established that Mystic Falls, Virginia is, um, I don't know, just a place where anything can happen. It's That is more true than you know. Oh, foreshadowing. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so Uncle Zach is like, hey, Stefan, what the fuck? There were quote unquote animal attacks the other night. Code word for vampire. I thought that you were a good guy. And Stefan's like, it wasn't me. And then he goes upstairs to his room, and the crow is there in the fog. And then suddenly, Ian Somerhalder is Stefan's brother, Damon. And oh, he yeah. is in town. And he's the one who's been eating all of the local townsfolk. Yeah, and and then we understand what happened to our good friends, Brooke and Darren, or whatever their names were. Jimbo and... Darren Danielle. and Brooke, I was right. Um, it was Damon all along. So I'm having some trouble remembering the names as we're doing this recap. I've referred to Damon as Donovan and Damien, so I'll do my best to continue referring to him as Damon from here on out. So where Stefan is our poor man's Liam's, Liam Hens... I don't know why I can't say Liam Hemsworth. Um, I think Damon is like our poor man's Tyson Ritter, um, who I believe was the lead singer of the All American Rejects. He's got don't that fact like check that. shaggy. No, it's not right. It's not right. I actually have no. Clue. Oh, okay. Now I maybe it's right. Who knows? Um, but the way that I remember men is by comparing them to other men and what they might look like. And also, all white men look the same. That's true. And they do kind of look the same, but they are brothers. Yeah. There we go. But at this point, you know, the brothers are kind of like not being that nice to each other. Yeah, they throw each other out windows. (laughs) They do. Thanks for bringing us there, Claire. Um, And, but this is the point where um... Uh, Stefan goes into his dresser and he's looking at this old timey book and he opens the cover and what do we see? We see a picture of a woman who looks a hell of a lot like Elena. We see Catherine 1864. What could it mean? What could it mean? We don't know. And Damon is all up in Stefan's face like, oh, I noticed you've been hanging out with Elena. She looks exactly like Catherine. That didn't end well. Do you think we'll get more information on that situation as the series goes on? Probably not. So (laughs) no, just kidding. I I think that we will find out more about Catherine 1864, um, which is also her AIM screen screen name. Yeah, obviously. It was, it was a very old-timey photo from, could have been from the 90s. It could have been one of those uh, carnival photos oh, where yeah. you dress up in an old-timey outfit and they take your picture in sepia tone. You never know. But the mysteries are piling up. Like, who is this bitch who looks exactly like Elena? Is it Elena and she just has, like, a tumor in her brain? We don't know. Oh, yeah, we don't know. That's a very good possibility. From the way the show's gone so far, that wouldn't surprise me. All right, so yes, Damon, getting back to Caroline, has been eavesdropping, and he's like, I see an easy target. So he starts making eyes at Caroline, but we're left to wonder what's going to happen there. And it's a creepy-ass smile. It is. There's, like, stranger danger stamped on his forehead, but she's drunk. Caroline's having it. And sad. So, you know, it's a magic combination for predators. It is, unfortunately. And we do know he's a predator from what happened with Brooke and Darren. A literal predator. A literal predator. (laughs) All right. So what happens at the end of the episode? (laughs) 
<laughs> that was the, the point that the pizza came, so we were a little bit distracted. That's true. Oh, right. We did pause for a moment. Stefan goes to Elena's house after everybody finds out that oh, Vicky is okay. Yes. Vicky is in the hospital. She wakes up, and her brother, Matt, is at her bedside, and she says, it was a vampire. And Matt says, don't back talk, out. you're fine, which I don't think is very true, but okay. But yeah, so Stefan then goes to Elena's. And it's like, I just needed to know that you were okay, which is a totally normal thing to say to somebody you've known for like 16 hours. (laughs) But she thinks it's very charming and she invites him inside. And as you know, well, apparently you don't know. (laughs) Vampires can't come in your house unless you invite them. I didn't know So it's a very big moment for Stefan. He's excited. It was a beautiful moment because earlier in the episode, he's like teetering on the edge of the door and I'm like, why doesn't he just go in? And Claire was like, he wasn't invited. And I was like, oh. But then I knew later on, once he was invited, that that was a weird vampire rule. Yes. A very well-known one. Oh. (laughs) Oh, yes. That old, that old well-known vampire rule. Yes. Tell me about more about the history of this rule do you know it's true of real life vampires okay maybe that'll be my homework assignment for no don't teach yourself anything oh that's true you're right okay i'll hold off i'll see if i learn more from the vampire diaries (laughs) all right so that is basically what happened in this episode yes we meet our friends so we meet stefan and damon the brothers. Mm-hmm. And the how do you feel brothers. about Stefan and Damon? What are your thoughts? Well, I think that they're both attractive. And I did especially enjoy uh, uh, Stefan's ab shot. Uh, oh, yes. He's Gratuitous shirtlessness. His, yes. When he's taking off his shirt in whatever manner they live in. That's his last name. Salvatore Manor. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what we see here is a kind of a devil and an angel um, dichotomy. So we it's have funny you Stephen. say that. If you had watched Buffy, that would have been a pun. Oh, <laughs> see, I maybe I meant for this business, <laughs> the vampire business. The anyway, vampire business. Continue. Um, so you know, Stefan just seems like a stand-up guy, if not a little overbearing. Um, his obsession with Elena from the get-go seems a little intense to me. Um, but I guess that's how vampires do it, especially if they had Catherine 1864 in their backstory. Yeah. Um, but now Damon, on the other hand, that guy's an asshole. He's just running around, spreading his creepy fog everywhere, hanging out with crows, murdering people left and right. And R.I.P. Joshua and Karen. <laughs> Damn it, Claire. It's Brooke and Darren. That was was pretty close. close. (laughs) Did you say Brooke and Darren? You could (laughs) have. I like how I memorized the name of the two least important characters Mm -hmm. in the whole episode. Um, Hopefully they come back to us. We don't know. Wait, are they going to turn into vampires because they were bit by vampires? I'm not giving you any spoilers. I think that that's a rule of how it works. But again, my my frame of reference is Twilight. Um, oh, oh, you know what else happened with Damon and Stefan is we learn a little bit more about that gaudy ass ring that um, Stefan is wearing. Mm, right, right. So after Damon throws Stefan out the window and gets all. I think all, it was the other way around. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. Stefan throws Damon out the window because he was all like, what happened with Catherine 1864, huh? And then Stefan goes all. And Mm -hmm. launches at him, and he gets a crazy vampire face, and he's so strong, and he pushes him out the window. And then they exchange words, and Damon's all like, where's your ring, bro? It's about to be sunlight, and then you're going to turn into dust, and poof. And then Stefan gets all nervous, and he's like, where is my gaudy-ass ring? Um, So I think what we learn there is that that gaudy ass ring is protecting them from sunlight and it's mm-hmm. what allows them to go out without glittering. Yep. Yep. Or setting on fire. Or setting on fire. There we go. Um, but yeah, those are my impressions of the two. We've got the devil and the angel, if you will. Mm-hmm. We've got a bad boy versus seemingly a good boy, although I'm a little off put by that creepy obsession of his 
previous lover, Catherine, 1864. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that transitions pretty well into our first segment, uh, Who You Want to Punch. Yes. And this is where we choose our least favorite character of the episode. Yes. So would you like to start? Sure. So I think my least favorite character of this episode... You know, it's a toss-up, but I think I'll have to go with Mouth Breathing Matt. Oh, wow. Yeah. That came out of left field. I know. I just, something about that kid's face just made me so angry. <laughs> and I really hate the creepy ex-boyfriend, you can't have a new boyfriend, where is our relationship going, I will wait for you, and I believe in us. It just rubs me the wrong way. All right. Also, the Letterman jacket's not helping. Yeah. He resolves his hair issues after the pilot, I think, but... That's good. Anyway. Maybe he's nice. I don't know. That was just first impressions. I mean, I also have a lot of other issues we could get into, but I think he's my who you want to punch for this week. How All about right. you, Claire? Uh, well, mine is Jeremy Gilbert. Uh, I have a feeling that that's going to be true of many episodes. He's just a little punk. He thinks he's tough. But he's really just, like, a black nail polish wearing idiot. Like, sorry your parents died, but stop being mean to your sister. Her parents died, too. If you're going to be a stoner, don't be, like, such a jackass about it. Like, you can be a stoner and not, like, flaunt it. That's true. He was stoned 7 a.m. on the first day of school. Yeah. It's very Elena Chuck Bassett. Elena doesn't deserve that in her life. No, she has her own problems. But yes, Jeremy, I find to be a very obnoxious little twerp. And he needs to leave Vicky alone just because they did it once over the summer doesn't mean that she owes you her vagina forever. Get over it. Her boyfriend's an asshole, but that's not your problem. Like, just go home and write in your diary like your sister. Preach. Yes. Preach. And I think that also leads us into our next segment, Why Are Men... Oh, my favorite segment, even in our first episode. Why are men? What is the patriarchy? How does it show itself in our art, like the Vampire Diaries? There was a lot of choice, you know, moments of why are men. Yes. I think the the one that kind of flies under the radar, because it's so brief, and it's with a character we don't know very well. But Tyler straight up trying to force himself on Vicky in the woods. And she's just like, it's no big deal. Yeah, and it got a little violent there. You yeah. know, he she's saying, back off, back off, and he is not backing off. He's coming on, and... <laughs> it's not cute. It's not cute. So, boo Tyler. Boo Tyler. Um, and yet he wasn't either of our least favorite characters <laughs> in the episode. That's true. <laughs> I feel like I might want to go back to our previous segment, but I'm sure that we'll have many more segments in which to hate Tyler. Yeah. Um, also, just kind of the patriarchal themes that come out of this is um, Stefan's need to protect Elena without mm-hmm. necessarily knowing her. And also, Claire, I can't get over this. One thing I know about vampires is that they're goddamn old. Mm-hmm. And why are they always falling for 16-year-old girls? If you are 400 years old, how could your knowledge and experience be matched by a 16-year-old? Maybe they're just senile. Oh, I didn't think about that. Approach. Or maybe it's like a Hugh Hefner thing. Yeah. Or maybe, like, as they live on, just as their bodies are frozen in like adolescent shapes their brains are frozen in adolescent like emotional like hormonal states oh that could very well be i mean that might be i'm making excuses for characters that don't deserve them right now okay but things to consider for the future food for thought food for thought (laughs) yeah and what you pointed out with matt yeah he's definitely like Oh, I like my girlfriend Elena. I'm too lazy to get a new one. Her parents died and she said that we were breaking up because she needed time. But now she's flirting with somebody else. 
God forbid a 16-year-old flirt with someone else. What did you think, Matt? You're going to be together forever? Pull your head out of your ass. Yes, please. You know, I feel like the men in this show were more annoying than the women. Because we have Elena. You know, she's got her issues, but her parents just died. We got Bonnie, who is a psychic, very clearly. Um, She's kind of cool. We've got Caroline. I don't know. That girl's a hot mess. But I still like her more than most of the men that I've seen in the show so far. She has an excuse. She's, what, like 16? That's true. They're like 400 or whatever. Yes. Yeah, I'd say that that's an accurate assessment and also probably could be said about most shows. (laughs) I think so, too. This is not exclusive to the Vampire Diaries. (laughs) All right, so we haven't yet answered the question, why are men? Maybe by the end of this podcast run, after all eight seasons, we'll have answered that question, but not it's good today. to work towards a goal. Yeah. All right, so the other segment we wanted to touch on was who should have done it? So oh. who are we shipping after this episode? Who do you want to be romantic with each other? Ah. <sighs> I I feel like this is going to be too classic, but I kind of like it so far as just Elena and Stefan. As much as I think it's weird because of Catherine 1864, I can't help but to feel the love. All right. What are you thinking, Claire? Well, just because I don't want to say the same thing as you, there was that moment in the car where Elena and Bonnie just stared at each other smiling for like a really long time and I was like you know maybe what you're looking for is right in front of you girls yep so maybe maybe they should have kissed I think they should because that smile was lingering it was not platonic it wasn't and it was also like 45 seconds long, which is pretty, It's which is like... I think the last time I've seen just like two characters staring at each other, cut cutting back and forth between them for that long, was in Twilight with Edward and Bella in the science <laughs> classroom. <laughs> yes. Uh, I forgot about that, how they would just cut back and forth to each face for like 16 different frames in a row. Yeah. Yeah, that was... If they were taking their stylistic choices from Twilight in that scene, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we can cover our, you know, leftover thoughts about things from the episode. Uh, One thing I had jotted down here was that uh, there was a scene where a cover of Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush was playing in the background, and I found it very distracting because it was this man with this like wimpy, bright eyesy ghost voice. Maybe it was bright eyes. I don't know. It but it was like, if I only could make a deal with God. And I just decided men should never cover Kate Bush. Just don't do it. Listen to Kate Bush. That's great. Just don't try to do her songs. It's a mistake. I agree. The music choices in the episode were interesting. Some of them I didn't recognize, maybe because it was a long time ago. But I did hear some MGMT and also Mm. a very emotional Frey, the Frey song, (laughs) to close out uh, the episode um, when we see where all the characters are headed um, at the end of, I guess, the first day of school. Yeah. so yeah, the musical choices left a bit to be desired, but even the Frey song made me a little emotional at the end. I was like, where are these characters going? What can we expect next? Why am I attached to them already? <laughs> but overall, um, I liked it. I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Um, there was no polyamory between vampires, I'm sorry. There was no polyamory, but I'm wondering if um, Damon and Stefan will be in some sort of love triangle with Elena. Are you wondering that because the Netflix synopsis (laughs) of the series said so? Damn it. Maybe I am. Maybe I did read the Netflix synopsis of two feuding brothers are in a love triangle. I think it might have said that for Something along those lines. Yes. Um... But I'm excited by the show. 
Yeah, I was surprised you were very positive about the pilot episode, which is, you know, as pilots often are, not really the best representation of the show. Yeah, I don't know if it's just because I'm excited about the podcast and about spending time with my good pal Claire and working on um, trying to understand the wonderful world of vampiring. Um, But I thought that the pilot was pretty decent. It kept my attention, which many pilots don't because you have nothing invested in the characters. I knew right away I hated Caroline. I knew right away Elena was a little bit annoying, but I was going to be rooting for her. Um, I liked her um, Chuck Taylors in the graveyard before the creepy fog (laughs) rolled in. Um, Just a misunderstood lady, just like Kristen Stewart. Yeah. You said it. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Well, I think that about wraps it up, unless uh, you have any other closing thoughts. No, I don't think so. Um, I'll try and work on better predictions for next week instead of just relying on the Netflix synopsis of the whole series. Um, And I'll do my best to avoid spoilers and and we'll see where it heads from here. All right, well, that's a wrap on episode one, the pilot of both the show and our podcast. Yes. So thank you for listening, and try not to get eaten by a a vampire tonight. Always good advice, and this has been the Vampire Diaries Diaries.